Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. 2 Kings 4, if you'll turn there with me. In 1942, in the midst of World War II, one of the great crises facing the British, as you well know, would be a lack of supplies, a very severe shortage of material. January 1943, the Allies met at what has come to be known as the Casablanca Conference, and in that, the U.S. made a very bold pledge. They said, we will send you everything you need. We'll send you supplies, men, troops, whatever you need, we'll send it. The problem is there was a crucial miscalculation. The U.S. had all the supplies they needed to send. They did not have the ships to send it. And an overwhelming abundance was limited because there were not enough vessels. In the scripture we're going to read, there's a great miracle. It's a miracle flow, and it stops because the vessels run out, which begs the question, why weren't there more vessels? And I want to preach a message this morning called, Bring Me Another Vessel. I'm going to challenge you for world evangelism, and if I do my job right, I'm going to ruin your donut break. Trust me, I won't go over, but I hope I put enough discomfort in you that you can't taste the donuts (laughs) until you go and volunteer for the harvest field. 2 Kings 4, I'm going to read beginning in verse 2. It says, Then Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and then pour it out into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels, and she poured it out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Bring me another vessel. Let's talk first for a few minutes about ministry and lack. Our scripture is about need or lack. Verse 1 A woman of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, My husband is dead, and you know he feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my sons to be slaves. So here's a woman, she's in a desperate need. She didn't create. This wasn't her doing, but that's where she is. 
And beyond that, she's in a situation in which she does not possess the ability to solve it. She doesn't have the resources. She doesn't have the ability or the talent. Verse 2, Elisha said, what do you have? And she said, nothing but a little jar of oil. Listen, uh, uh, this is a truth about all of life and a truth especially about ministry. We are all needy and we are empty vessels. When we're young, we think we've got what what it takes. When we're disciples, we think, oh, one day I will. And then you encounter ministry and reality and you realize I have nothing to offer. We went first into Las Vegas, Nevada from Prescott, Arizona. From Prescott, you didn't hear me, from Prescott, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada. I had nothing to offer. Nothing. I didn't even understand what they were saying. I've told it before, but one of the guys came into the church, you know, you're trying to talk, get to know him, you know. Hey, buddy, how's it going? You know, and he's looking at me, yeah, I was in prison for a minute. Man, the cities are weird. What do you do that's bad enough to go to prison, but you're only there for a minute? See, I had nothing to offer them. I was absolutely empty. I didn't have... a special skill, or a talent. But what you see in our scripture is that personal lack is often God's tool for changing our perspective of ministry. In our scripture, before there could be any miracle, the prophet had to change her worldview. In the beginning of the story, her focus was inward. It says a woman came to Elijah, my Husband is dead. The creditor's coming to take my sons, and I have nothing. Listen, all she could see was her problems. You know, that's instinctive. We naturally focus. We obsess on what we lack, what we don't have. I lack money, I lack talent, I lack ability. There's pastors here. You're saying, I lack the men to send, and I lack the money to send them. But here the prophet understood that this is a deadly perspective of ministry. If all you can see is what you lack, you're not going anywhere. There is no forward progress in ministry. If the only thing we see is, I'm not good enough, sad trombone noises, Wah, 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 wah. Congratulations, we're all losers. You're not special. So what does the prophet do? He forces her to change her perspective. He gives her this perspective shift. Verse 3, go borrow vessels from everywhere. All your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. She would have said, wait a minute, I've got empty vessels. What do I need theirs for? Listen, she didn't just have the one little jar of oil. She had a whole house full of empty vessels because there was nothing left. She had emptiness, but the prophet said, you know what you need is you need to see someone else's emptiness. 
You need to see that there's other people, they've got needs, and quite likely, they've got needs bigger than you. He sends her out. You need to go and come face to face with the horrifying need of the human condition. And here is a key tenet of world evangelism. Everywhere you go is empty vessels. Every city we go in, every nation, every outreach. Listen, when you go on outreach on Saturday morning and you knock on a door, I promise you in that house there are empty vessels. There's an empty marriage in there. There are broken people. When pastors get up, when Pastor uh, uh, Sergei preaches tomorrow night, he'll challenge you again, I'm sure, to world evangelism. But there's people thinking, yeah, but I'm just and I'm not. Listen, you need to understand there are others. They are empty and they are needy. Can I say something about world evangelism? It is not a bucket list travel program. Oh, yeah, me and my kids, it was wonderful. We lived over there, and now we're over here. And I didn't even have to work a job. You know why we go there? It's because they're going to hell, and they need Jesus. Reaching the world is about compassion. And I get it. I know what it's like to feel profoundly inadequate. But man, the world's full of empty vessels. So let's talk then about the miracle vessels for a minute. Our scripture shows us that empty vessels enable the miraculous. Look at this, verse 4. When you've come in, shut the door, pour out into all of those vessels, and then set aside the full ones. You know what? The prophet didn't pray over the oil jar. He didn't say, bring it here, let me anoint it. He didn't go and lay hands on the empty vessels. Actually, all he said was, if you bring some empty vessels, there will be a miracle. If you get some empty souls, there will be a miracle. But what a potent picture of evangelism. Think about what we do. What's the miracle, right? Is it the flyer? No. I had a guy call me one time. We had a good revival. And he calls me up. He's like, hey, I heard about your revival. Yeah. What flyer did you use? I don't think that's relevant. Is it, is it the guest speaker that brings revival? Is it the music that we play? Or possibly, is it the empty vessels that bring revival? The Gallup Church is doing a series of summer healing crusades. We've got this big trailer. We drive around uh, different cities on the reservation. We were having a wild time. It's like a circus Right? You never know what's going to happen. You set up a big old trailer, play some music on the reservation, and say you're going to pray for the sick. Listen, buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> so one of the pastors called me, and he said, what do I need to do to ensure we have a good crusade? I said, only one thing, get sinners there. Get sinners. That's it. Just get sinners there because I promise you, if we can get sinners there, God will move. If we can get some desperate empty vessels, God will pour something out. But you know what? If there's no empty vessels, it doesn't matter what we do. This is nice, right? Look at all of us. You're adorable. <laughs> but this is profoundly irrelevant unless there are some empty vessels when we go home. Unless we go and find some desperate people to pour our lives into, all it becomes is religion, unless there's empty vessels. 
Every person that we reach for the gospel becomes a miracle vessel. Think about this. We gather empty lives that God can pour out into. We, we inhabit empty cities. Think about some of these cities. We've got powerful moves of God. You know, Las Vegas, right? Well, there's a lot of people that they, they're wondering why the comet hasn't hit Las Vegas yet. And yet still there is a move of God there. You know why? Because there's some men there. They went, there's a church, a number of churches there. They are gathering the empty vessels and they're becoming miracle vessels. Listen, we are gathering nations and seeing God do miraculous things. Last night, Pastor Campbell was talking about the Philippines. Every time I look in the fellowship list, you know, if you're trying to look for a name and you get to the Philippines... It's like, <laughs> that is glorious. We, think, we changed a nation. Other people talk about it. We did it. Hallelujah. But here's the point, is that it is gathering the empty vessels that enables the miraculous. The miracle of our scripture was entirely dependent on gathering empty vessels. Here we are, we're in a conference because we need miracle power. And I would submit to you that the miracle that we receive will always be proportionate to the empty vessels that we gather. But here in our scripture, the crisis of gathering is complacency. There's a part of this story I don't understand. Some of you know me, and you're like, that doesn't surprise me. You don't understand a lot. <laughs> At some point, she stopped gathering vessels, didn't she? He says, go gather vessels, not a few. He didn't give her a number. So she's gathering, you know, I put one there, yeah, put, put that one there. And at some point, she said, that's good. That's enough. I don't know what it was. I don't know if the counter was full. Maybe the kitchen was full. Maybe, maybe she was feeling self-conscious. Think about this. She was going to her neighbors. Uh, can I borrow some? And you know how the ladies are. Come on. <clears throat> There's a bunch of Jewish ladies in that neighborhood. You know. She's doing it again, Harold. What does she need with all those pots? She could feel it. She's walking down the, you know, she sees them, you know, carrying these pots. And at some point, I don't know what happened. She stopped. God didn't. She stopped. And she said, you know what, this is enough. Pastor, you know, we work so hard. Pastor Greg said, pioneering is the greatest adventure. I concur. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it's on fire, and all your kids are with you. <laughs> but at the end, it's Golden Corral. We're going to make it. And you know, you work, and, we all, and then one day, listen, it, it happens. You walk into church one day, and someone was there before you, they unlocked it. 
the chairs are straight. And you're like, what is happening? Someone else is leading songs. And you're sitting there and you go, yeah, this is enough. I'm okay. God, thank you for blessing me. Oh, the house is full. It might only be 30 vessels, but you're happy. You're satisfied and you stop fighting. And you lose the desperation. Pastor Mitchell said many, many, many times, one of the great dangers is men that have a little bit of success. You get a few people coming. There's a little bit of money. They can travel. And the church stops growing. Because that's what happens. At some point, who knows what the number is? We just stop gathering. And here's the very real possibility for every one of us. As we could come to a point where we stop gathering empty vessels. Pastor Heimberg, come on. I was radical once. Man, I pioneered here and there and over there. I was even a missionary once. Leave me alone. Come on, just, it's okay. I've done enough. You know, in our scripture, what did she do? She stopped going, didn't she? I already went once. I went twice. I went four times. I'm not going this conference. My mic just cut out. (laughs) You know what else she stopped doing? She stopped sending. Because that's actually, she was sending her sons, go gather. And then finally she said, okay, okay, enough, enough. I will send again one day, Pastor Heimberg. But don't you understand? I mean, we just came out of the COVID apocalypse. (laughs) I'm not sending right now. And what we see in our scripture is the jars ran out. I wonder when this woman made the decision to stop gathering, did she realize that she was defining the end of her miracle? I don't think so. I don't think it was obvious to her. She didn't realize that in a quiet act of complacency, in a quiet resignation of contentment, she wrote the end of her miracle. She said, that's it. That's as far as God can move from me. It seemed so irrelevant. Just, yeah, we got, we got some empty pots. Come on. She came to conference and decided, I could do it next conference. And she wrote the end of the miracle. You know, when the jars run out, the flow stops, doesn't it? This miracle flow of anointed oil, it was being poured out. It was, and when the jars ran out, that was it, it was over, and it never restarted again. Pastor, you and I, we are crying out for a flow of God, aren't we? I don't know, did you feel Monday night when Pastor Campbell's taking the offering and he's saying, I I want something great, another level. Could you feel that hunger? Listen, it's like I could see this. But you know, the problem is, is we're hungry for that. We want that, but the flow is dependent on empty vessels. God, pour out. Give me something to pour out into. How can you have a miracle flow when there's nothing for God to pour into? When the jars run out, our future becomes defined. For this woman, the future was limitless as long as there were empty jars. Think about that. How long could that thing have poured? 
You know what the answer is? Forever. God wasn't running out of oil anytime soon. She defined her future. Yeah, that's enough. I'm good. And when the jars run out, our ability to make impact will be cut off. You know, these jars full of oil represented impact, didn't they? For her, it was financial. She was paying off her debt, living on it. The jars we gather, they're souls. They are future pastors and future missionaries. Every desperate soul you encounter on the street, broken and addicted, you know what they are? They are a future vessel for God's glory. And so what happens when we run out of jars? What happens when we run out of vessels in a conference? I want to say, bring me another vessel. In our scripture, it's important to see something about these vessels. Number one, the gathering of the empty vessels was dependent upon going. Then he said, go and borrow vessels. You know, gathering empty vessels is not possible in the place of comfort or of ease or of complacency. You can't do that inside the home. You have to leave. There are men here this morning. Undoubtedly, you are called to go gather. You are called to go out and bring in some empty vessels if you'd surrender. But it means nothing unless you go. Oh, man, I'm, I'm fellowship to the bone. I tattooed the logo. Try this on for size. Why don't you go somewhere? That's what it means. Oh, wasn't conference powerful? I don't know. Did you volunteer? No? Then it wasn't a very powerful conference. I'm sorry. I thought we were here for a reason. There's disciples here. You hear me right now, and you're like, absolutely, Pastor Humphrey. I will go. I will go. I promise you. I just got to get everything in order first. I had this, and my savings account, and my truck, orale, right? <laughs> and then I'll go, whatever. There's pastors in here. And I, yes, I will go. Yes, I will send, but you know, we got to train a new song leader because if we send him, oh my God. <laughs> Man, you are missing out on the miracle of the gamble. You know what some pastors really need to do this week? You need to spit on the dice. And you just need to cast them as far as you can. I can't send him. He's our biggest giver. That's why you should send him. I don't want one big giver. I want a whole bunch. So get rid of the one. He's my most fruitful guy. Are you listening to yourself? He is pioneer material. Pastor Heimberg, listen, I don't know which one I should send. Both. There's others here. You are being called to go again. Uh, I would say it would be a mistake if we would adopt the mentality that we can fulfill our duty to the kingdom. I had a man say one time, I, he didn't say it directly to me, probably because he knows I would have blown a gasket. 
But he said, and the essence of it was, listen, listen, if you've gone overseas once, just stop, just stop. I mean, that's enough. Just relax. What? Are you out of your mind? Go as many times as they'll let you. Listen, (laughs) go until they figure out who you really are. (laughs) Send me again, send me again. (laughs) In our scripture, this woman had to keep going, right? It wasn't a one-time event. But here we see the impact of gathering empty vessels. Obviously, I've been saying this all uh, since I've begun. The empty vessels are the lives we're called to reach. We understand that. There are lives that are desperate and they're empty and they need a miracle touch. And he says, go gather vessels, not a few. There's emptiness all around you and you have the answer. But I want to say something further. You are the vessel. The vessels are about reproducing impact, aren't they? Think about our scripture. This whole story began with just one vessel, didn't it? Verse 2, she said, I have nothing in my house but a jar and a little bit of oil. Would have been very plain and very ordinary. Probably didn't look like this. I mean, this one even has a barcode. (laughs) Right? One bar, one vessel, one jar. But by the end, what was it? There's more than you could count. They were everywhere. They were filled. Listen, I want to tell you the vessel, it's about impact. 1970, we all know the story very well, came rolling into Prescott, one very discouraged, almost completely empty vessel. Right? Maybe if you shook it, you could hear a little bit of oil sloshing around, but just discouraged, beat up by the religious world. But God began to move on Pastor Mitchell. Just gather some vessels. Just gather. See what happens. And we know some of those early vessels he gathered, don't we? <laughs> they were hand-painted, tie-dyed. They were like vessels from a junior high art class. Pastor Mitchell just said, I I wonder what would happen if I just poured a little out. It kept going. He poured out into Pastor Warner and then looked, and there's still more. He went and found one over here. Oh, this one smells. We'll give him a little bit of extra. Right? And he kept pouring, and it never ran out. And then another miracle happened. Those vessels, they began to pour out. Right. right, and Tom Payne went, and he began to pour out. Right? And we, we filled the whole world. Because we have become the vessels that God has used to pour out over and over and over again. I want to say to you, if you let yourself, you'll be the vessel You'll be the miracle vessel. If you'd make your life available at this altar, if you would make your life available in this conference, God, whatever it is, you want me to pour out my resources, I'll do it. But most importantly, would you come? Could Could I ask every pastor, every disciple, would you just come and lay your life down and say, hey, 
here's my vessel. I don't know where you need me, but I'll go. I wonder what God would pour out in your life. In our scripture, in this incredible miracle, it's a mother, isn't it? And this miracle is happening. It's flowing. And the mother says to her sons, bring me another vessel. And they, and they said, there's, there's no more. And here we are sitting in our mother church in a Prescott Bible conference. Oh, God help us. I sat in a conference one time, right when we got back from India. <clears throat> and if you've been overseas, when you come back, it's like you're like a teenage girl or something, like this. <clears throat> All the emotions are happening, you know? And I was standing in the back of the tent on a Thursday night. Pastor Mitchell got up. It's like, yeah. The, and he announces, and we're going to send. And he announces one couple, and it's glorious. And then he starts to take the offering. And I was like, no. One where is everybody? What? Come on. That's it? One person in a whole conference, one person came and said, hey, here, it's not much, but you can use it. And not another single person? In verse 6, and it came to pass when she said, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. The oil ceased. I wonder what would cease flowing in our churches or in our lives or in our fellowship if we didn't have any more vessels. And I think I can speak the cry of every conference, the cry of every leader, the cry of every church planter, the cry of every missionary, bring me another vessel. Bring me another vessel. That is the cry of a conference. I don't need perfect vessels. Pastor Foley mentioned that we are plagued by deep imperfection. I wonder if I could ask you about India. No, no, India's done and gone where he did that. No, 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 no. There's still a billion people there. Bring me another vessel for India. I wonder if I could speak to you and challenge your heart for Vietnam or Cambodia. Bring me another vessel for Asia. I wonder if I could move your heart for South America or Central America. Could your heart be stirred for Brazil or Honduras or Panama? Listen, we need vessels for these nations. I wonder if I could move your heart for Libya or Morocco or the mountains of Myanmar. No, Pastor, on Saturday, I've got a lunch date back in my hometown. Come on. I wonder if I could make you feel anything for the broken cities of America. What about the cities that they're burning? You know what they need? They need the right, no, they need Jesus. Man, is there a vessel in here for Detroit? Is there anyone in here from Memphis or Philly? Come on. The world is before us. Can we just stop arguing about who gets the credit, who did you wrong, who was on the brochure, and just bring me another vessel? Let's bow our heads together. Oh, that God would give us couples.
for the cities and the nations of the earth. In a little while, Pastor Olson will pull a proper altar call, but I am asking you to respond before you go anywhere. There are people in here, no doubt, God has moved you. I want to speak first to former missionaries. You've been there, and you can't shake it. You've got long haulers syndrome. And God is moving on you, and you're just going to go on record before God. This, isn't, this is not an official thing, but you're going on record before God. I would go again. I want you to just stand to your feet. A former missionary, stand up. You want to go again. You're willing to, I want you to stand to your feet. Glory to God. Oh, we could change the world. I want to speak to pastors that you are, you're going to commit yourself this week, no matter what, I will send, or if God wants me to, I will go. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Pastors, you're committing yourself to send or to go as God would direct you. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank God. There's more. Hallelujah. Thank God. Glory to God. I want to speak to disciples. You're going to commit yourself from now until it happens. You're going to give your vessel. You're going to give your life that you'll surrender to the call. Stand to your feet. You'll go and preach wherever God asks you. When pastor calls you and he says, I want to ask you, cut him off and say, the answer is yes. But I haven't even told you what the question is. The answer is yes. I want all of you to put your hands up. Close your eyes. Raise your hands. I want you to say, God in heaven. I surrender to your will. And I'm asking you, use me for your purpose, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God together. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.